Hiya, welcome back to Rant Room. This is episode 10. Um, this is going to be a bit of a, well, you're probably going to judge me a lot for this one because this is uh, a very, very stupid thing I have done. This um, this is about something very stupid I did about three and a half years ago now. Um, basically, I've been reading a load of stuff about um, MLMs if you know what they are. I can't actually remember what it stands for, but basically pyramid schemes. I didn't get involved in a pyramid scheme, but it was probably a bit worse than that. Well, actually, I don't know. It depends. Well, I, I'm pretty sure it was, it was it was some kind of scamming thing anyway. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about that because I wanted to sort of um, open up and give some advice to people who might have been through this themselves um, from from one idiot to someone else who will hopefully hear this and not do what I did. Okay, so um, it's called, this one is called um, Don't Forget to Read the Fine Print for reasons which I will indeed get into right now. So, um, as you guys might have heard if you've been listening to my other podcasts, when I was um, 18, I left... I left my hometown of Ipswich to go to uni up in Leicester. That's about a three-hour drive, two and a half to three-hour drive away from, away away from home. And um, I've always been, I've always had quite a good work ethic when it comes to having like part-time jobs and things. Uh, I worked from the age of sixteen while I was while while I was at sixth form college, doing my A levels, um, and I enjoyed working. I uh, I made the first big mistake of my um, of of my of my life, which was to financially, which was, which was to buy a car before I'd actually passed my test. In fairness, I did actually think that I was about to pass my test. Then I had um, a bit of a mental breakdown and uh, completely regressed and just wasn't ready to take it. Probably would have been if I'd waited a couple of months and gone to uni the year after. But yeah, that didn't actually happen. So I I still have the car. Um, and I still use it, but it's just, it's lost a lot of its value. And last year, when I eventually started driving it, I had to have a massive MOT and pay 450 quid to get it fixed. So, I mean, that was pretty bad, but that wasn't as bad as what it what it could have been. Because now, obviously, I get a load of use out of the car and it's it's worth, um, and it's, and it's worth it. But um, that's not the main problem. It probably drained a lot of my money while I was at uni, but... At the time, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll be able to keep up paying for this. Don't ask me how. I was very stupid when I was 18. Um, so, yeah, when I went to Leicester, I sort of assumed that it was going to be uh, as easy as me, as easy for me to find a job as it was when I was at college. Like, um, it was initially finding a job wasn't the wasn't the diff was was the difficult part back back home. But I thought that was just because I didn't have any experience and I was only 16. And I worked in a in a kids soft play centre for a few months in my first year, and then um, uh, of, of of college even when I was still at home, and then I worked in a care home for about a year and a half, and yeah, that was like, and I I was constantly picking up shifts there because they were always short staffed because they were a bit of a shit, uh, they were a bit of a, it, it, they were in the shit to be fair. So like I mean. I was I was always working there and um, sometimes actually worked with my mum, which was very interesting. But yeah, so I uh, I was always working and I and I mistakenly thought, oh, it's going to be easy for me to find a job in Leicester because I've got loads of experience. 
but it was very different. I, I managed to get like, so I, and then this sort of opened me up to a whole new thing with jobs. Obviously now that I was 18, like, um, what I could do in terms of work sort of opened up to me. So I just sort of thought, oh, I'm just going to go for whatever. And a lot of people did stuff like glass collecting and, um, and just casual bar work, which I, which I did do a couple of times early on in my first year, never got paid for it or anything. Uh, they, like, there was a couple of times when, um, I remember I did this one shift at a, a bar and then got um uh like and I was just I was just having a shit I was just having a shit night I kept having like drunk guys grab my ass and I was just like yeah I'm I'm not doing this so I um I I fucked off home like not only about two hours before I was supposed to finish anyway they didn't pay me for any of the shift and then like the guy who had employed me just ghosted me and blocked me but I was like eh I'm not going back there it'll be fine it has to be fine but I was desperate for a job. But anything I could find was just like, basically, it was all this stuff like dodgy stuff, you know, that you do on commissions and things like that. But I didn't realise that at the time. And I was just desperate to work. But anyway, I didn't get anywhere, really. It was all bar work, like hostesses. If you've seen me in person, I'm not really the hostess type. I'm not like, I'm I'm not one of those super pretty, glamorous girls who who can hold a tray of shots and offer them without dropping it and falling flat on her ass. Um, I'm I'm the girl who has to be dragged out of the bar at 12.30 in the morning because uh, because she's, you know, practically asleep on the floor somewhere. So I'm, I'm that girl. I'm the girl that the hostesses avoid in the bars. Um, for many reasons, some of which I may, I, I may share with you later depending on how that goes uh but yeah so I was even then like even though I hadn't really had many drunk experiences I sort of knew I wasn't that girl but okay for a while then I just sort of thought right well uh it's not that important that I find a job straight away I had other things to focus on as well like actually settling into uni um and actually dealing with one of my flatmates who was constantly calling me a whore so that was fun I wasn't a whore by the way she was just a bit of a Oh, mm, uh, well, yeah, she was just um, not a very nice person. Uh, she was a very, very mean person, i got to say. Uh, so I was trying to deal with her, trying to actually settle into this new place and make friends. It was not easy. It wasn't an easy time. Um, but, yeah, eventually I just kind of uh, gave up on the whole job thing and actually tried to focus on uni work without, which was really difficult, I seem to be in the library like every night because basically I broke my laptop um, uh, early early on in like December, so I didn't I didn't have a laptop. I spent forty five quid on a universal charger that did not work, um, and yeah, so I I didn't have a laptop, so I spent like half my life in the fucking library, and I was barely making like I was barely getting fifty percent on half of my assignments, so that was fun, but. Um, so I was under a lot of stress, as you can imagine. And the thing is, because I was very disorganised before I went to uni, and I thought that I'd sorted it before I left, I went on holiday for about six weeks before I moved to Leicester, because uh, that was the last... I've got family over in Mauritius. It's this little island um, 
near Madagascar, uh, the Indian Ocean kind of way. If you um, so it's like one of the little islands off um off South Africa, basically. It's around there. So all my family basically live out there. So we went um so we went over there like July four years ago. Um so July twenty sixteen we went out there and I spent about six weeks over there with my family. Um came home and then two weeks later I moved to Leicester. So what I why the only reason that's relevant is because I didn't I, I didn't realise this but I hadn't actually sorted out my student finance properly. So I didn't actually get my student finance. I got it in chunks. I got one, I got like the bare minimum at the beginning of October when everybody else got theirs. Um, and then I got, um, which, which I managed to live on, but I was very, very, very irresponsible with my money. And then I got a bit of a windfall, like about a month and a half later, which was the bit, which was the extra. And the way they do it in the UK with the undergrad loans, uh, is they they measure it on your household income and because my mum is a single parent I did get a bit more and well I'm not proud of what I did next um let's just say I didn't really like going in the kitchen much in first year because um I didn't like talking to people and I was very nocturnal and there was a Mackey's and other takeaways about two and a half minutes walk from my flat so let's just say I left I left Ipswich weighing ten and a half stone, um, uh, with you know enough money, kind of, um, and then at the end of my first year I came back to Ipswich twelve and a half stone, um, with a lot less money and significant damage to my credit score. Um. So yeah, it was it wasn't fun, um. And I think I think you do live and learn from your lessons. I've never spent as ir- um, irresponsibly as I did back then. A lot of it was buying new clothes because I was getting so fat. Um, and I'd gone up two dress sizes. Um, I, ret- I returned home from uh, at Christmas looking like a round ball, which wasn't fun. Um, my mum had bought me a load of clothes. Like, my birthday is just after Christmas. My mum had bought me a load of clothes in a size 12, and I was like... I won't fit into these. And she was like, well, you better do something about that then, hadn't you? And also, while I had been away, what I hadn't been, what I hadn't realised was my mum had been opening uh, my bank statements. And there was one particularly excruciating evening um, in late December where she went through my bank statement from, I think they, the bank I have, I think they do them in three month chunks. But from September to December, so she had that statement in front of her, Um, and she went through it bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, and, well, it's, all I'll say is that she made me add up all the money that I'd spent, mainly on takeaways, and it wasn't pretty, I'm not going to reveal the exact figure, because, um, it's it's pretty embarrassing, even for me. And I've done some pretty embarrassing shit, which is kind of what this podcast is about. Um, but anyway, uh, the result of that conversation was, she said, okay, I'm taking your next lot of student finance and I'm going to drip feed it to you and put you on a budget and you are going to pay me back because basically what I've done is, and I'm not proud of this at all, this is one of the worst things I've done, I hadn't paid all of my rent for the... Um, for the flat because I'd been pissing away my money because I was sad basically.
which is ridiculous. It, I think it was the thought of, I've never seen that much money in my bank in my life. Um, and I was just excited about it. And yeah, I just, which is no excuse. And I was very, 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 very irresponsible. So my mum rightfully said, right, Shira, you either, um, you, you can either, um, you either, I, I, what did she say? It was something like, um, I'm going to put you on a, uh, on a budget and drip feed you your loan. Or you can, um, or or you can find someone else to be your guarantor for your uni thing, and you can just not have any money at all. Because at first I was like, oh my god, I'm an adult. I can't believe you're doing this to me. In retrospect, I massively thank for thank her for that. Mostly because, you know, um, and she was like, get a, get a fucking job. My num- my mum never swears, but she was like, she looked at me and she just growled at me. She was like, get a fucking job, honestly. What is wrong with you? And I mean, in like I mean, she had she had a point. Like I'll be honest, she did have a very big point. Um. So anyway, when I went back at the start of January to Leicester, I um, my loan came in a week before my birthday. I'd been really excited about this because I knew that the loan was coming in just before my birthday, and of course I had to transfer it all to her. And yeah, that was. So then um, I paid my rent, I transferred the the money over to my mum and and then I, I started looking for a job and she was giving me, if you've been to uni, you will know this to be very true, she was giving me £20 a week and that doesn't go so far when you're a student. So, oh, so there were very dark days when I'd just turned 19, where I found myself um, eating pasta with gravy. Those were dark times. I'm remembering them right now. And it was disgusting. And I did deserve it because I had spent all of my money very irresponsibly. And my friends always laugh at me now when when I tell them these stories. They they can't believe them because it's it's literally... It was it was bad. They always say they can remember me uh, counting out the the pennies in my in, in my purse so I could buy a fucking pint. We, I mean, they weren't wrong, but you know that was <laughs> it was a strange time. Anyway, at this at this point, I was looking for a job as well. Um, you know, I knew that I couldn't carry on looking um doing doing with this because this fucking budget was crippling me. Um. And, I mean, I didn't go out much in first year. I mainly stayed in watching ER on a really tiny phone screen, uh, which, I, and I think that's why my eyes are so bad now, just because, like, I, obviously my laptop was still broken <laughs> and I couldn't really watch ER in the library. So I um, so I would just, like, squint at my phone screen and then my eyes just got worse and worse and worse. And I'm well overdue an eye test, so I should probably go and do that because I do drive a lot, so I, I kind of want to see while I'm driving, you know? Um, anyway, I was looking everywhere for a job and I was getting desperate. I was literally like, I don't, I don't know what to do, but I need money. Cause as well as that, I had to pay my mum back for everything. And it wasn't like she'd been pressuring me or anything, but I felt horrible about what had happened. And I knew, and I hated like being, I, it's weird cause I hated being financially reliant on people, but yeah, it was still happening. Um, and I, don't, and I didn't like that because I'd always been quite self-sufficient with money. So I thought, okay, right, 
um i'm gonna try and I'm, I'm gonna try my hardest to find a job still wasn't having any luck then one day um i got a dm on instagram from this page called andy's recruitment and this is where it all started going really wrong they said they basically said they've got they've got jobs going in a call center asked what experience i've got right okay i mean you can see the red flags from here can't you because it's like like, if someone DMs you about a job on Instagram, you sort of know that it's either going to be a pyramid scheme, you're going to get scammed, or it's not really a job at all, and they're going to take you to a dark alleyway, and, you know, just... But obviously, I was um, very stupid, so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And they made it sound very different to what it was. They made they, they said, oh, like, we've got an office and things like this, you'll be working the, this these shifts, um, like, you'll be selling stuff over the phone. That's what they said. And I was like, okay, so it's like a telemarketing kind of, kind of job. Um, and it didn't it didn't sound bad. Although the fact that they, I was, uh, they DM'd me on Instagram should have been a bit of a giveaway because, like I said, I don't really think, unless you are, you know, doing the whole MLM thing, that you, um, that you do that. I don't, I don't know which is harder to get out of, to be honest, this or, this or MLM, because they can, I mean, MLM can be bad in its own way, especially if you're completely reliant on it. Um, so yeah, I basically, uh, I went down to this, um, uh, I went, I went down to meet the guy in, um, in Leicester by the clock tower, uh, one afternoon after I'd finished uni, and Basically, what I had had, what I had to do, oh God, um, was buy phones, buy phone contracts, um, on 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 my, like using my ID, and like four or five different shops, and they were supposed to be transferred from me, than to someone else, but they, and if you look it up, this is actually quite. Um, a common scheme, a common scheme, and they do target students because, um, obviously they've got to target people who are over eighteen but still stupid enough and don't know, uh, and and don't know enough about the world and aren't very streetwise. So who do they find? Me, of course. So I'm there going around buying these phones, and the guy is like giving me cash to put down as deposits for the phone contracts and it's all very 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 dodgy like like it's like it's like dodgy stuff and and I still didn't see anything wrong and I was like uh, by the third one I was getting a bit like okay I'm not sure what's happening and, and what was supposed to happen is apparently I was supposed to get a return from this and I should have just run off but the guy was scary and he kept like following me to the shops I would have ran off but then also he'd given me cash so it's like how do I run off and kind of but Anyway, so I did it, and he was, I'm, I'm supposed to get paid for these, and obviously then, um, I, I sort of like, I, I should have told someone as soon as I knew it happened, but at first I was like, I sort of felt like, oh, I'm, 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 I've got this job, and I'm like, really, it wasn't a fucking job, because like, it's, it's, it's like, Honestly, I think I think sometimes drug dealing is more of a fucking legitimate income, and you and even though drugs are like illegal and shit, it's like drug uh, drug dealing is legitimately more uh, more like more legit than what I'm doing. I said legitimately a lot then, and I'm like, oh, uh, my my 
Ugh, my brain hurts a bit now. My brain also hurts just telling this story because it makes me want to die. But, oh, so I was buying these phones and giving them back to the... I don't know where he was going with them. I don't know what was happening. I can barely remember what they were. Obviously, I had to I had to keep all this information. I had to kind of remember it. And it was just... And I, I knew... I, the thing is, I knew there was something dodgy about it. But I was like... This guy, you know, these people, they've got a way of drawing you in and making it seem legit. And even though this was crazy and like there was no way that this could possibly be legit and I was being fucking stupid, it was like, hmm, okay. Um, and then like nothing happened. So I just thought, right, okay. So he's just kind of done that. And, and then apparently the accounts were supposed to be moved off, God knows where to, off my name in the next week or so to like different people and then they were um meant to kind of um and then they were supposed to pay me like return from the phones or whatever and I was and then like a, a couple of days passed and I was like nothing nothing happened like they weren't paying me and I was texting the guy and I was like eh, what's happened and I've not been paid and I'm getting these emails um what is going on please and uh, and then it became you know about three or four like two or three days in or so it became relatively apparent right I'm not going to get the money they've like done me over but at this point I didn't care about the money I just sort of thought okay right I've done something really stupid I knew I'd done something stupid I knew I'd fucked up and then I started getting letters to my mum's house about um me having bought a new phone because my brother messaged me and he said have you bought a new phone and I was like no and then I was like shit so they'd not moved them at all which obviously should have been painfully obvious from the beginning that they weren't going to move it and they'd just fuck me over and they were going to sell the phones illegally onto other people and just leave me with the bills but um which obviously should have been apparent from you know the moment I sort of realized what I had to do but it wasn't because I'm stupid and I'm very very silly and um obviously these documents have been signed by me so it's like shit and and then uh, that was the moment I realized I'd been done over and then it was like and then because I'm really really stupid I thought okay okay maybe they'll still move them off and because the, the guy then blocked me and I had like no contact with him and then it about a week passed and I got an email saying oh um my um your bill is overdue or something so then I completely freaked out and I I rang my best friend from home and I was like, look, this has happened. I've been really stupid and something really bad has happened. I don't know what to do. What should I do? And she said, like, go to the police. So I so I went and spoke to them and they put me in touch with a um with with a with uh their crime division which uh, specialises in fraud, called action fraud. And they were really helpful. They they interviewed me, it was complete depression and um they said, yeah, like, this isn't the first time that this sort of thing has happened around here. It's quite a common thing for them to target students, so you shouldn't feel, like, stupid. Well, I felt very stupid, because although I was, you know, I w I'd, I'd only been living away from home a few months, I was still, like, 19, and I felt like, you know, I'm I should have known so much better than to do something as ridiculous as that. And I sort of knew that I'd done something wrong, and, and at this point, only my best friend from home knew and um and then I remember one Friday afternoon after I'd had lectures I'd made a couple of really good friends from my um from my course who I'm still friends with now and um, they came over to mine and we had we had a cup of coffee and we just had a chat 
and um and my phone was ringing because basically one of the companies had been ringing me non-stop asking about this outstanding bill and I'd just been I'd, I'd kind of after they'd rang once and I just sort of said oh I can't talk right now I'd sort of been ghosting them and then like um I'd been ghosting them. they rang with a different number and like I started ranting at me about this bill and I went off on the guy and started swearing at him and all of this and I was I think probably I've been angry a lot of times in the past 22 and a half years but this was the angriest I have ever been in um in the in all those years and I've had a lot to be angry about so this was the angriest I have ever ever been and my friends were literally just there like what do we do and then the moment the moment I ha- I hung up, I just I just burst into tears because I knew that I'd fucked it. I'd fucked it hard, um. And my friends were like, "Look, it's they 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 were amazing. They were like, it's gonna it's gonna be fine. You've just got to talk to your mum." And I knew what my mum was gonna say. And oh my god, oh she was mad. She was mad. <laughs> but yeah, I think honestly, I I look back at the things that my mum's put up with from me, and I think that <laughs> I I feel very bad feel very very bad but she so I said okay like this I was honest with her I said look this has been happening I've been in contact with the police I've got this and this from them and so we spent a really long time well when I came home at Easter just going through and we managed to get to be fair like we managed to get four of the five accounts closed uh because they were uh, because they accepted it as fraud but there was one of them that wouldn't have, that that didn't accept it as fraud, and they would not drop it, and then, like, um, I think sort of, like, end of my, and they kept sending me letters from debt collectors and stuff, and and we kept fighting it, and then eventually, like, sort of mid-second year, I, I stopped hearing from them, so I assumed, right, okay, they've just dropped it, I wasn't getting calls anymore, I wasn't getting anything like that, so I just thought, okay, it had all sort of, collapsed now I hadn't had anything major happen to me you know I've seen people get into this kind of thing where they have then had to pay back all of the phone costs uh, like all of the bills because usually it's about five or six that they try and make you get sometimes more yeah I was lucky in my case that it wasn't more um and uh so so most of the to be fair like, a lot of the companies were really really understanding even though I'd been so stupid and they fully could have being like, now nah, you've got to pay this because your signature was on there. And my mum was raging. Understandably, I was surprised she didn't just, like, kill me on the spot. Actually, if we're being honest, I'm surprised she didn't kill me on the spot the December before that. Because I said to her, look, I, I'm not... I was just trying... I know it was stupid. I just thought, okay, I'm trying to make... I, I just wanted to make some money back so I could give it to her because I felt awful about what had happened to her. And also, I was sick of living on £20 a week as well. So I thought... At the time, it seemed like a good idea. Um, so that put me under a lot of pressure in my first year of uni. Because, um, yeah, I mean, not a lot of people knew about it as well. But to be honest, we, we managed to get most of it sorted then. And it was um, apart from that one. But then, like, like I said, like about a year, well, not even a year later, they appeared to have dropped it. I think probably the last time I heard from them, was probably like uh for a while it was probably like December twenty seventeen. So I'd been I was in my second year then. And I hadn't heard of them in months. Um 
And so I just sort of thought, oh, okay, they must have dropped it. And, yeah, so this was, um, so, you know, I was 19, and I, because I thought they dropped it, I already had a massive dent to my credit score. And also because I said about my, my car and that I was um, stupid to buy it. And also because I kept running out of money, uh, because there were times when I was working and there were times when I wasn't working, I kept missing payments and the payments were quite high because at the time when I bought the car, I'd been able to keep them up because I was earning like quite a lot. But obviously then um, I massively dented my credit score. So I, I can't, um, so I, there's a lot of things like I can't do because my credit score is pretty shit. Uh, but I just, yeah, I mean like it, I can fix it. I've been told, but it's for things like buying a house and things like that. I'm not going to be able to do that probably before I'm, well, I wouldn't be able to anyway, because it is fucking hard to buy a house unless you have a shit ton of help. I'm probably not going to be able to buy a house until like I'm 31, 32, but it's like, I didn't intend to anyway. And I'm, I'm paying all the money back and you know, you, you learn from things like this when you're stupid. And I've, um, yeah, I've seen people come back from worse, so it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm very ashamed of myself, like, I'm not gonna lie, but obviously, um, so obviously, yeah, like, I mean, it's not, it's not easy to go through, but you, you do have to learn from your mistakes, and you do have to, well, I mean, it sounds obvious, because obviously, I was an English student as well, so you'd think, fucking re- read what you sign and you silly bitch, God, but I didn't, not properly, I, I just saw what they were selling to me or trying to sell to me or scamming, basically, out of me. Hmm. But, yeah, so this one company, like, I didn't hear from them. It was probably until, like, and then I don't remember what it was or when it was. It was probably about, a, I was in my third year by this point, so it had been nearly two years since this whole thing had happened. So it was, like, we were in, like, late 2018, and I remember one day... I was working at the hospital, because it was this point now, this was like, I don't know, like, October, November, and I remember getting, like, a call from, like, an unknown number, and I didn't pick it up, because I was like, I'm not going to pick that up, because I don't know who that is, and usually it's, like, PPE or something, so I left it, um, and didn't, didn't ring them back or anything, and I found, like, every so often this number would ring me, but I just sort of ignored it, because I was like, um, because uh, I was like, mm, okay, right, I'm not going to pick that up because it's probably just someone trying to say I've been in an accident or something when I have not, like, I didn't even drive then. So I was like, right, okay, I'm not answering. And then uh, they said, and then they, um, God, they they kept ringing me, kept ringing me, like, more and more. As we went into 2019, as we hit the new year, like, they sort of stepped it up and they were ringing me, like, every couple of days. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And then I remember one time um this was like February and like February last year and I'd been at work um on a Friday and I'd had a fucking shit shift and everybody had been shouting at me and I just wanted to go home I was so fucking done with my day um and I left work at five and um had a voicemail so I listened to it and they were like oh yeah this is this debt collector you owe blah 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 on this account with three and I was like fuck Wow, and then I just lost my shit. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort this out. I'm gonna speak to them. I'm not gonna bury my head 
under the sand like you did before. It turned out that they hadn't been passed on my change of address when I'd moved or something. And that's why they'd not been able to contact me. And the the spam calls that I thought were PPE was actually from them. But this was the first time they'd left a message. So they said, okay, right. I explained my situation to them. I said, look, I'm doing my dissertation. I'm in my final year of uni. I explained what had happened. It was really weird raking it all, all up again. Because obviously it had been two years since the whole thing had happened by this point. But I said, look, okay, I, I can't afford to pay that big chunk of money all at once. And my mum and um, and my brother both knew about this, and my um, my close cousin did as well, because he's like my older brother, and he um, helps me with all this kind of shit. Um, and so I told them about it. They were all like, "No, no, no, don't pay it." But I I I, I agreed to because I was like, I can't like I was under so much stress. I'd just come out of like this horrible relationship. I was um, I was trying to do. I was trying to catch up on my uni work because during this time when I was with this guy, I'd let my grades slip and I knew that I had to work my ass off if I was to get a two on. And that was my main focus. Like I didn't want my main focus to be on 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 like fighting some case that I had like no chance of winning because they were so unrelenting in the first place. So this company said to me, Okay, right, you can pay sixty pounds a month until like September twenty twenty. So I ended up paying £60 a month until September 2020, which has still not got, which has still not passed yet. So currently I still have £60 a month going out of my account, paying off this bill to three for a phone I didn't even actually get to use. Which, so the moral of the story is, fucking read what you're signing. Please, please, please just read what you're signing. I know if something sounds too good to be true, and this goes for anything, a job... A relationship or um well maybe not a relationship that one's kind of subjective but mainly I'm talking about jobs and houses and money it kind of it probably is too good to be true you get one thing I'm learning is you get money from from working your ass off unless you want to be a bit of a criminal which I don't so um I don't um so I just want to, I know that it probably sounds obvious, and I hope that you guys are thinking, uh, I, I know that you guys are probably thinking, oh man, this girl is such a fucking idiot. She, um, she, 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 she thinks that nobody else knows how to fucking read. And it's like, no, I do know how to read. That's like, I, I never thought I'd be stupid enough to do something like that. But you do learn from these things, and then you have to think very, like, since then I, I'm just careful about what I sign it wasn't the first time either when I was booking my accommodation for second year um I uh it was a it was a studio flat in Leicester and they said you could secure the room for just one pound and then I decided right okay I don't want to isolate myself I want to go and live with some other people so I went into a house chair instead and then they said right okay you have to pay 100 pounds cancellation fee and you know why? It's because I'd been so taken in by this one pound reservation fee to like book my room that I didn't even look. I didn't even read the paper about the cancellation fee. And unsurprisingly, this booking of the room happened around the same time as this whole fraud thing did. Um, so, so yeah, and I had to pay the hundred pounds over the summer that year. So, of uh, twenty seventeen was a heavy year for financial shit. My God, that was a bad year. You know, Trump had just become president. It was, ugh, you know, not even worth thinking about, really. But it was, um, yeah. 
But what I'm saying is just please, 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 please read something before you agree to it. Like, read it hard and read it again and then, you know, send it send it to your mum and get her to read it. Send it to your dad and get him to read it. Um, you know, just just fucking and look, look into it. Look what you're getting yourself into. Like, and it has taught me something because ever since then, like, um, I got approached by a couple of MLMs and, like, pyramid schemes and when I was coming towards the end of my third year. Uh, because obviously, you know, you're looking for grad jobs and things and these people are all like, ooh, want to join this and I'm like no 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 I know what you're trying to do here I will stick to my hospital job and my blue hair net because although it's shit and I don't like it at least I know that's at least I know it's a legitimate income so I mean I'll probably get a load of people saying oh MLM is legitimate and all of that and okay yeah right I mean it's not I mean it's not like you're dealing or anything okay fine but it's you work on commission and to me that's like just as dodgy you know like I've I've been, I was reading this um I was reading this blog yesterday actually it's called, it's by this girl called I think it's Ellie Bow or something um it's really good and it talks about her whole experience about um about uh doing an MLM with um Unique the makeup brand and um yeah it's it's really interesting actually I definitely recommend reading that if you're thinking about joining something like that or you've been messaged by somebody like that and you're actually considering it just give that a quick read give it a quick scan before you know you um go into it I mean the thing is with these things they do sound too good to be true and usually they are because you struggle to get out of them as well trust me like you you don't want the damage or whatever just like obviously I know that being at uni and stuff when you're at uni and stuff or you're where you've got kids and things like that and you're struggling to find um, find ways of paying for stuff. I know it's tough, but even, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, don't do it. Just even, like, a shitty uh, a, a job, like, that's, like, cleaning, I don't know, toilets or whatever, that's, that's a legitimate income. Like, there's nothing wrong with cleaning a fucking toilet because it's legit money. It's, like, you're not, you're not you are working for it, you can't, like, yeah, okay, people might scoff at you, but at the end of the day, would you rather be cleaning a toilet, or would you rather be, you know, a dent in your credit score, it, it doesn't really bear thinking about it, does it, I wish I'd, I wish I'd been, um, I wish I'd found a toilet to clean before, you know, I, um, before I got involved in that, but alas, I did not, so, you know, but it's fine, I mean, and now I have, I do, I, I had, I have paid the price quite literally. I haven't seen, I haven't noticed it as much, like, but it's because obviously sixty pounds a month, and I mean, I, I, I earn, you know, a bit, bit more than that. But it's like, um, so you don't notice it as much. I definitely haven't noticed it as much since I've been home. But it's, um, you, it's still a lot of money. I mean, think of the things you could buy with sixty pounds a month. And what I'm saying is, it could have been worse. Because initially for me, there were five contracts. If I'd had to pay £60 a month for all five of those, I would have had to pay um, like £300 a month, which is, for a lot of people, like I used to earn three, £300 a week, thereabouts, maybe a little bit less at the hospital. That's that's like a, for most people, that is like a third of 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 their monthly wages gone. So don't do it. Just, just please look at what you're signing. And don't be afraid to say no to these people because they, they have this whole speech planned and they're just trying to twist you and get you into it because because they've been twisted and been 
been brought in, into it themselves. It's how it, it's how it works. It's a chain, you know. So I just wanted to say, like, just yeah, just read it. Read read things carefully. Just just be careful about what you get yourself into, because although you know, hopefully, like me, you'll be able to sort things out if you've got people who who are willing to sort you things out with you and not swear at you for being an idiot. Well, actually, my mum did swear at me for being an idiot, but she has every right to. And then hopefully then you, you do, you learn from your mistakes and you learn and you learn not to do stupid shit like that again. Um, like, I'm fucking paranoid about what I sign now. It's like, um, it's like for me, I will, I, I just, I don't like signing stuff naturally, unless it's like a birthday card or something. I'll sign one of those. But with contracts and stuff, I'm always very, very careful about about reading them, about what I'm getting into, and, you know, because you don't, there's, uh, there's always a hidden cost, there's always a hidden agenda with these kind of things, just, just, just be careful with it all, is all I'm saying. So this has become very long, so anyway, I hope you have, um, somewhat in, enjoyed this podcast, or, I don't know if enjoyed is the word, really, um, I'm guessing you've probably thrown your phone across the room, screaming that stupid bitch why did you do this a couple of times but I hope that it helps whoever's listened to it and hopefully if somebody's thinking about doing something like this or has been approached to do something like this then that it um that it hopefully stops you in your tracks a bit because these people know what they're doing they they prey on vulnerable people who they know won't have a lot of money and they know will be in difficult situations because they're more likely to say yes and that is exactly what happened with me okay Um, I'll see you guys later. Bye.